ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Coming to you live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at Air Team's Holiday Drive. Here are the bees who aim to please. Jeremy Branham and Joe George. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. Ooh, what up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? He's Joe George. My voice cracked. I am a disappointed Jeremy Branham. <laughs> My voice cracked. Josh Chevy's behind the glass. It is a Friday edition of the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Is that what we're calling it these days? I think so. Puberty. <laughs> we're broadcasting live from Air Team Heating and Cooling, part of the uh, Toy Drive, uh, benefiting at Depelchen's Children's Center. Uh, great to be out here. It's a great cause. Uh, we would love for you to come on out, bring a toy, bring a couple toys, just come hang out, whatever. Uh, AirTeamLTD.com, most needed items, donation info. Uh, we would appreciate it. Everybody would appreciate it. It's the, it's the giving season. So, uh, anyways, happy to be with you here today. Happy to be broadcasting live from AirTeam Heating and Cooling. Uh, I'm excited for uh, Sunday. I'm also excited for Mean Text, by the way. Uh, mean Text will be electric today at Ooh. 545. There are some, there's some doozies, and they're all directed at me. A lot of hate towards Branham this week. There's going to be a lot, a lot of electric Mean Text coming up later. Uh, BZ Money, we've been kind of killing it on BZ Money. Uh, I, I think that our expected value probably improves that Blankers isn't here, so that's good. We should be handing out more winners. Our record should be better. Uh, also, we'll play Who Said It a little bit later on. I guess a solo edition uh, of Who Said It. Yeah, 1v1. Yeah. Last so, week, Joel beat me. He beat you? Yeah, he beat me 3-2 last week. So He got three right, you got two wrong. Yeah, right? that's yeah. how it works. I'm not very good at this game, so I don't really like my chances. If I was a betting man, I wouldn't bet on Branham. But regardless, Texans play the Jets on Sunday, which is going to be interesting. The weather, I've seen a lot of people talking about the weather. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be that bad. Like The highs are in the 60s. The lows are in the 40s. There's supposed to be some, some rain. But I looked at the wind. I care way more about wind than I do about rain and snow. The wind's 15 miles per hour. Like, that's not, that's not a big deal. I don't think that this is a weather game coming up on Sunday. Now that I said that, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, you know, pee rain out there well, you in can't, New York. You can't change how the weather report changes, Jeremy. That's a good point. I mean, so, like, like true. my issue with the, the weather stuff that they talk about with CJ, like, how is it going to affect him? He's probably, like, one of the most ready quarterbacks in the NFL for dealing with bad weather games. He played in Chicago. He played in Michigan. He played, I don't know, in Ohio for all of his college career. Yeah, Zach Wilson played in Provo. Yeah, so like they'll be fine. I'm not. I'm not worried. I think it's a win thing. It's, I think it's a win thing. Too. It's win and wins the, like the sleeting rain. Like if it snows, it's obviously not getting to that point. But like, I always feel like we overvalue this. Like unless it's one of those Buffalo Bills games where they're literally having to invite fans into the stadium and giving them free tickets to help get the snow off the field, it's really not that much of an issue. Even a downpour. Like, you can get by. It's, it's all about the wind, and so I, I'm not concerned. I also, I, I, Jeremy, I feel like it's a pre-excuse. Okay. I feel like it is something that people are saying to kind of help prepare themselves for a potential letdown. So that and on Monday, if they lose, they can say, oh, well, you know, it rained. Texans lost. Bad weather. Yeah, you can't use rain as an excuse. Uh, I, I think weather can be a neutralizer. It can be an equalizer. I think wind matters way more than rain. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, you might be right. Maybe it is like a, one of those, hey, you know, these things are going bad for us. In case it doesn't go well, this is why it didn't go well. Uh, not very good. Kuglaze gave you a zero out of ten for your what up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? That's B. Hannon gave you a three. I think okay. B. Hannon's a nice guy. Yeah, if B. Hannon's giving me a three, I'll be honest, I know it's the worst one I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, because he's usually grading on a nice curve. Uh, we don't do that on this show. Uh, 713-780-3776. Grade Joe George's what up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? I think me just saying it in that sentence there, monotone and boring, was better than your introduction. Maybe I'll do that next time. Just say it really. What up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? What's up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? I liked yesterday's where you didn't have to do it. Uh, anyways, the Texans are a, a good football team. They're 7-5. and five. The odds of them making the playoffs are high. I, was, I saw something on Twitter uh, before I left the house today. I definitely didn't see it while I was sitting at the stop sign waiting for the light to turn green. I saw it before I left the house that the Houston Texans' chances if they of making the playoffs if they win – um, it's like 75%. If they lose, it lowers to like 40%. You're favored. Yes, it's a road game. Jets aren't very good. But this is exciting that we have meaningful December football in Houston. We haven't been able to say that in quite some time, not since the pervert uh, was still here. How have the Texans being good changed the way that you view them, however you view them? If you're, if you're a guy who watches them, you know, every single week, no matter what. If you're someone who would go back and, and watch the games, if you take in all the content, maybe you take in none of the content, maybe you're a radio guy, who knows. But how have the Texans being good this year changed the way that you view them, that you take them in, their content? 713-780-3776. What about you, uh, George? I almost called you Blankers. That's okay. And you still call me George. Um, I, look, there's a couple ways. The first one is something I saw you tweet earlier today. That the Athletic ranked the owners in the NFL. Yeah. They did it by win percentage. I didn't realize that. Okay, so they did it by win percentage. But I think it's pretty common knowledge. Like, we all believe for the last two, three years that Cal McNair was the worst owner in the NFL. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've used this example before where the the Bengals' ownership all of a sudden didn't become good overnight. They just got Joe Burrow. Like, all those, like, super negative thoughts I had about the Houston Texans organization, I've just forgotten them. I've forgotten. I don't care about Jack Easterby. I don't care about Cal McNair flipping burgers. Like all that weird stuff that has happened within this organization the last two years, it just doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter to me that you had three head coaches in three years. So it's just kind of, it's made me forget. It's made me forget the bad and just look at the good because they're not making my eyes bleed when I watch them on Sundays. Cal flipping burgers is one of the bads for you? I just thought it was try hard. Yeah, I can see Tryhard. I kind of appreciate it because Cool Cat Cal doing Cool Cat Cal things, and I like when Cool Cat Cal does Cool Cat Cal things. Fair. Uh, I, I just am a fan of that. Uh, to me, it's almost like a different life, to be completely honest. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a new era, which is probably a better way to put it, than a new life of the Houston Texans organization. To me, it's, you've turned the page. Like you've went from – you've had these little periods, right? You had the Bill O'Brien era, which Jack Easterby's kind of like in the same era. I know that he outlasted them, things like that. And then you had that, that period of – I don't even know what to call the period of David Cully for a year and Lovey Smith for a year. Maybe like tearing it down to the foundation is what you were doing in those two years. Yeah. Like just ripping everything down. That was the renovation process, right? Like you were just tearing everything down, getting it back down to the studs, getting it back down to the foundation. That way you can build it again. That's how I'm going to look at it. It might be the like the the most. Uh, I guess, optimistic way to look at that period. Because at least that you have a plan, right? At least they're like, well, we're ripping it down. We're going to be awful the next couple of years. It's a lot better than like – and this is why I've always thought the Nick Casario 
uh, in that first year should have said, we're, we're, we're rebuilding. Yeah. Because now it sends the message to the entire city, and there's no guessing. There's no thought. There's no questioning. Okay, they're rebuilding. I can understand what they're doing. Uh, whenever you hire a David Cully and you're like, oh, yeah, we're trying to win games. No, you're not. Like, you're lying to us. So just admit that you're rebuilding, and we can understand David Cully more. It's You need a cheerleader, rah-rah guy when you know you're going to be bad. Uh, he was so incompetent that they had to move on for him and basically have Lovey Smith as an interim head coach for a year. So this is just a this is a turning of the page. This is a new Houston Texans organization. Yeah, and, and it's what, probably a year ahead of when they were supposed to do it because next year was supposed to be like the branding year. New Jersey's probably a new H logo, things yes. like that. So like they're they're a year ahead of where they wanted to be. Actually, I was even going to bring up the jerseys of like it was when when they started talking about that, it, it felt like okay, we're just finally appeasing. Like we're we can get something right. Like everyone in this city or so many people want the something like an Oilers color in their jer- jersey. They want the Houston blue, the baby North Carolina blue. Like they, they all want it. It felt like they were going to move in that direction just to appease the fans. Like that's what organizations like the Jacksonville Jaguars do. Oh, flashy new cool jerseys, those ugly black and gold helmets they want. Like the, all this new stuff. It just felt like charades. Like it felt like it was just a. Look over here, fancy new toy, fancy new jerseys, new quarterback that's not good, but we're meanwhile going to be a bad team. But now, like, I just don't, I just don't have that negative view. Now it's like, okay, cool, you have a franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. you're a Super Bowl contender, should ESPN 97.5 be going to New Orleans next year to be there for Radio Row in case the Texans are there playing the Super Bowl? Like, those are conversations I want to be having. I just, all the negative is gone. Even if they, even if something, like, drastically bad happens yeah. the rest of the season if they don't make the playoffs the future is still so bright in this very moment that i just feel i feel great, I feel how, great. I, and i want to know from the hive how you view them differently now that they're fun entertaining good the new kid on the block the future is promising versus the bleak this is going nowhere dumpster fire laughing stock of the nfl where you were uh, the last couple of years because for for me I uh I probably don't view more of them. Probably I mean, I watch the the games the same. Like watch the games live. Watch the games live last year. I'll, I'll watch a condensed game. Watch a condensed game last year. I'll go watch the film. Watch the fi- actually for some reason I watched the film last year. But it's just not as grueling. It's just not as it it's, felt it's, like a job. Last it was year. a chore. It was it was a headache. I I hated doing it. Now I'm eager to. Now I'm eager to go watch every single game. Now I'm eager to look at the film on it. Uh, Did then, you go big TV last year? The last two years. So yeah, I would always go big TV Texans, and then I would have the laptop near me watching the uh, the Red Zone See, channel. I, the last two I, years I, did, I flipped yeah. that. So you you had the big TV on uh, the yeah. red zone. Yeah. See, I still red I zone still was did Texans. Yeah, I get it. It's it probably I wouldn't call it priority for me, but I was certainly looking at it more and yeah. then, like listening to the game like while it was happening live. Like you know, it, it is my job to watch them. So it, I don't know if my viewing has changed more, but for me, it's more about my attitude towards it. Where it's like. Son of a gun, I have to watch the Texans at noon instead of watching the Red Zone channel. Son of a gun, I have to go back and watch this. Son of a gun, I'm going to go look at the film on it. Where this year it's like excitement. Like yeah. I, I am ready for Sunday to be now, uh, after Sunday, and these plays that stick out during the course of a game. I am. I can't wait for that All-22 to drop so I can go watch exactly what happened. So for me it's more excitement, but I think for like the average fan, like a lot of my friends, a lot of my friends would, would watch different teams. They watch Red Zone Channel. They, they were you know apathetic towards the Texans that they completely turned them out of their lives. So for you, how has this year changed the way that you view them? I would say simply that probably the average Average answer is 
I just watch them this year versus I didn't watch them the last couple of years. Yeah, I think that's absolutely this. You just you care, like, and you like you just care in a way that you haven't. I would guess most people really since you know 2020 started, and that was such a weird year. Anyways, like people couldn't really go to the games. We start 0 and 4. Bill O'Brien gets fired, but like there was hope at that time. I mean, and like like people are going to be upset that we just got the news officially that Dalton Schultz is out. This weekend and not going to be playing yeah. for the Houston Knicks. People just you just care. Like you can, I know the attendance isn't there. Like the the visible attendance. I know the the numbers that the Texans put out say differently. But like we know that people haven't fully shown up yet. I think people just care more. It, it is different. You know, like look, I'll, I'll share from you know, like my my home experience. You know, I know my wife's business. Like they they love the last two years. They love the fact that people in Houston didn't care because for the first time they didn't see a dip in. You know how many people were coming to the restaurant because uh-huh. they weren't watching Texans games. They were going out to eat with their families, and now <laughs> it's back to the point where they're they're slow from twelve to three wow. on Sunday. So like they're feeling the effect again, and like it's negative for them, but it means that people care about the Houston Texans once again. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. This newfound success for the Houston Texans. How has it changed how you view them? Maybe you're watching them just the same, but now you're watching more of their content. Maybe you didn't watch them a year ago, but you are now. Maybe you had zero desire to go to a Texans game, and now you do. 713-780-ESPN, the HRP listener line. Lots to get to today. BZ Money will hand you out some winners. Uh, should the Astros go a third year on Jordan Hicks? Uh, Brian McTaggart uh, tweeting that that potentially could be the holdup. Who said it? Uh, Will Anderson versus Jalen Carter. Sauce Gardner versus Derek Stingley. And car wreck of the day today. Some mean text that you will not want to miss. 713-780-3776. We're on the Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN at 97.5. At least we're active in the uh, chat there. We're broadcasting live from Air Team Heating and Cooling. Coming up next as well. Uh, this Tank Dell thing, the the injury to his fibula, because he was blocking in the box. Bobby Slowick finally addressed, that's the first time that he's had media availability, Bobby Slowick addressing it yesterday when he met with the media. i got to dive into some of that as well. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5.com. We keep getting away with it. I want the ball. Keep it the ball. The Killer Bees have been collecting all the pollen and sports for you and have brought it back to the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios located at Air Team's Holiday Drive. Here's Joe George and Jeremy Brenham. And we are Air Team Heating and Cooling, the Air Team Holiday Drive. Spencer screws up my name every time he says that. He's at Joe George. Uh, George George Radio on Twitter. I'm at Jeremy Branham. A couple of texts here, 1970. I think people actually want to go to games now. There is an increase there, but it's still not like peak capacity. Uh, 350, it's Lamont. He says, I wonder how many games Lovey would have won, uh, had to win to retain his job. It's a good question. Um, Can I, honestly, it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, why would they give him I, such a big contract? I, I think it's just all because of perception. I think I think there was a number, but I just don't think it was obtainable with the roster. Like, I think if he would have won seven games last year, but that team was just, there was no talent yeah. on that team. Like, there's so much more talent on this team now compared to last year. I mean, all these guys that Nick Casario brought in in the offseason through the draft, guys in year two of their development, year three of their development, like Nico Collins, like this team is just so much in a, a so much of a better place. Uh-huh. That Lovey, you, you, there's a fair argument he deserved another year. I get it if you want to make it. Yeah, I, I disagree. But, like, I just don't <laughs> think in year one he was going to have any success. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, I see what you're saying from, like, a results point of view. Yeah. And, like, the roster that he had, to me it's more about, like, 
go watch the games and like eh, just not 100%. a well coached team and kind of rudderless. Like it doesn't have any positive momentum, things like that. Uh, six five three nine. Uh, six five three nine. We all want to know what Frank got on the air Wednesday. Do tell. I, I addressed this yesterday. It's something that we're, we're moving by. Uh, I, it, I didn't get fired. I thought I did, but I just got suspended. Uh, had a long meeting with the bosses. Uh, long story short, they. Did not suspend me, but not going to get into details until I write my memoirs, hopefully a long, long time mm, from now. Can't wait for that one. Uh, it wouldn't be very interesting. I don't think it'd be a, a New York Times bestseller. No, probably not. No. no. I don't think I don't think many people would buy it. Like, I, I would guess maybe that like you're... half a dozen people would buy my book. Yeah, definitely. Your tweet about uh, Laramie Tunsil not defending C.J. Stroud would definitely have more views than your book would have buyers. Yeah, I was told not to direct anything about him. Um but I am going to bring up that stuff a little bit later, but not use that guy's name. Uh, I want to get to the Tank Dell thing, though. Uh, Tank was hurt, obviously, on Sunday. I know that this happened quite a while ago. Why are you guys still talking about this? Well, finally, somebody that's a Texans coach was finally asked about it. D'Amico was not asked about it in the postgame. D'Amico was not asked about it on Monday. D'Amico was not asked about it on Wednesday, which, okay, I can, I can understand. He's not the offensive play caller. Okay, that's fine. I get that. I can understand that. But Bobby Slowick finally uh, – it's not finally. This is his designated time. I keep saying that word. He, was, he always meets with the media on Thursday ahead of a Sunday game. So Bobby Slowick met with the media yesterday talking about this Tank Dell injury. I have a huge problem with the way that Tank Dell was used in that spot. Uh, I don't like the Tank Dell was blocking in the box. Why are you doing that with one of your best players? Miami does not do that with Tyreek Hill. You know, I'm not calling Tank Dell a good, as good a football player as Tyreek Hill. I'm saying both of them are very important to what their offenses need to do to have success. Success. So here is Bobby Slowick talking about uh, Tank Dell. A couple of c- uh, cuts that we'll play. First one, he called the injury gut wrenching. You know, it, it hurts. It almost brings a tear. Not almost. It did bring a tear to my eye. Um, it, that one hurts a lot. Uh, not not as a football player. It has nothing to do with football. Just as a as a person, as an individual, uh, he's a, he's a really special kid. And it's been a joy to have him around. It's been a joy to have him. Um, you know, just be part of what we've done this year um, and really just to see a kid come in with the energy, the enthusiasm and the hunger he has and to display the skills he has, but then also overcome a lot of things that people said, you know, they didn't think he'd be able to overcome. And he really developed into what I would consider one of our best players on offense. You know, I think, I think a lot of the team would say the same thing. One thing that he didn't overcome was his offensive coordinator's malpractice of using him as blocking in the box. If a player, and look, I know he said it's the person, not the player, but if a player is good enough to bring a tear to your eye because you know how catastrophic it is to use to lose him, whenever he's 5'8", 150 pounds, maybe don't use him as a blocker in the box. And then another thing that he said there, Joe, he said it has nothing to do with football. I wish it had something to do with football. I would really like Tank Dell to be on this football team the rest of the year. He's not going to be on the football team the rest of the year because I believe they misused him whenever yeah. it whatever you're talking about blocking in the run scheme that they use. Yeah, it was interesting to hear him say that because, like, obviously you can tell he cares a lot about Tank Dell, but I just I still can't believe that, like, they did that. It, it, it blows my mind that D'Amico Ryans and this group of, you know, coaches and players, I, I, I get they're trying to be respectful of each other, but, like, there's no blame game to be had at all. Like, there's been nothing leaked. Do we have to wait until someone, like, until Slowick gets a head coaching job for the, all the hit pieces to come out? I mean, like Bobby Slowick ruined Tank Dell's season. I mean, I don't know if it's that serious. I know, but, but like, like, I mean, use it because I mean, it's very debatable. Like, I mean, you have half a dozen people. Oh, it's football. It's football injuries happen. Then you have other people. Well, yeah, I understand football happens, but there's also 
thing called injury mitigation. Like you're not, you don't want C.J. Stroud running the ball 20 times a game. Why? Because you don't want him to get hurt. Why don't you want him to get hurt? Because he's very important to your football team. I know Tank's on a smaller conversation to that, and I understand Tank plays wide receiver, not quarterback. But if you want Tank Dell on the football field, you're going to have to do some things to protect Tank Dell. Uh, this is the second time Tank Dell was hurt this year, too. I know the first one, he's making a catch. There's nothing you can do about that. But you can absolutely do something about using him as a blocker in the box. I know there's a lot of arguments. Well, if a 300-pound guy rolls up on you, there's a really good chance you're going to get hurt. I get that. The physics on that are accurate. I don't disagree with that at all. The problem that I have with it is the probability of where it happened. Yeah, the probability of a guy rolling up on you that weighs 300 pounds in the box is pretty high. The probability of a 300-pound guy rolling down on your leg whenever you're running a go route on a running play to take a defender with you is impossible. So that's that's where I stand on that. Here was Bobby Slowick, another one. Uh, He was asked, quite frankly, if he has any regrets. I mean, if I knew that was going to happen, yeah, 1,000%, you know, um, like I kind of said earlier, that makes that makes you sick. Uh, but as it relates to just that play, I mean, kind of like I alluded to with receivers already, we know everybody kind of has strengths and everybody has, has things we don't necessarily want them doing all the time. Um, but your best players are going to be on the field, you know, especially when they're involved in the game plan, like red zone, third down, tank's going to have passes. You know, he's, we're going to get him the ball. And we can't just put him out there only on passes because, I mean, that's almost disrespectful to other coaches. Like, they know that. That's the first thing you look for um, is someone on the field and what do they do? Are they involved in the run game or not? You know, um, so we always we, we try to help for sure him, keep him away from it. Uh, that particular play, that one, you know, that's one. He's the furthest receiver out on the backside of a run and, and a hole showed and DP hit it and it's just – you know, that's one of those that we've talked about as coaches all the time. How can we help this? And I don't really have an answer right now, you know. Uh, I don't, but yeah, I don't that, like that, that part. I don't have an answer. How can we help this? Don't use them in the box. Pretty simple. I'm going to have you play that one again here in a couple of seconds, Josh. Have that one ready to go. He says everyone has strengths. Yep. Tendell's strengths are not blocking. Like they're, they're, they that are was blocking. the first thing that stood and, up to me. And also, I don't think he was saying that. I, I don't think that he was saying, like, tank strengths are blocking. I think he was actually saying the opposite. He's, he's saying that, you know, his strengths aren't blocking. We know that. But, you know, in this scheme, we're going to use our receivers as blockers. And then he kind of carried on and said that he has to be on the field. I have no problem with him being on the field. I'm not telling you to do what the Miami Dolphins do with Tyreek Hill, where they take him off the field for half of their running plays, which is crazy to me that they do that, but they do. I'm not suggesting that the Texans should have been doing that. My suggestion is I'm cool with him being on the field, but how about instead of running to the box, he just blocks the guy covering him right in front of him, or just run a fake pass route. Because when you run a fake pass route, Tank Dell's so good that he's going to, the defender has to respect it, and a defender's going to have to travel with him, and you're taking a guy out of the play just by disguising the pass or disguising a route. Yeah, but also, it's about being better than people in front of you. Like, that's what they would tell you anyways you know Georgia Tech doesn't stop running the option because everyone knows it's coming they run it every single play like I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with putting Robert Woods Nico Collins and Noah Brown as your wide receivers on a third and goal situation be better than the other team it doesn't matter if they know what's coming it doesn't matter if Ohio State knew what Michigan was doing or Michigan knew what Ohio State was doing because you have to beat the other people like, be better than the defense. I, I Honestly, if they never put Tank Dell out for like a third and one again the rest of his career, I wouldn't care. I would never blame them and say, well, the reason why they didn't get it is because Tank Dell's not on the field. Be better. Be yeah. better than the other guys. You also don't have to do it every time. You can take Tank Dell off the field and throw it. 
and do something creative and and do all these different things. It's not black and white, I know, but it was a mistake. The uh, the other thing too that a lot of uh, people would have a counterpoint with is that that they would say, well, you know, Tank went rogue and did this on his own. I mean, watch the Texans play. They use their receivers in the run game a ton. They motion Robert Woods between the tackles to get an extra blocker in the box. Uh, so this is part of what they do. And like all all of the Shanahan tree is kind of the same way, where they use receivers in the blocking game. And that's why I look at that's why I wanted to go look at Miami and see what they did with Tyree a dynamic player on their offense uh, that they refuse to use in the box because they know that danger exists there. Uh, here's Slowick again, just the, the first sentence of what he said. I wanted to point this out, if you, if you don't mind, Josh. I mean, if I knew that was going to happen, yeah. All right, that's thousand. it right there. That's it right there. If I knew this was going to happen. As a play caller, shouldn't you have a pretty good idea? Like, you're the one that's scheming it up. You have a pretty good idea that Tank's going into the box. You have a pretty good idea that Damian Pierce is a physical runner. You have a pretty good idea that the tackle's going to be made in the box. I don't love that he said it if I knew this was going to happen. Because to me, this isn't foresight. It's not having the idea, man, you know, this is one of our best players. He's small. Uh, There's a chance he's going to get hurt there. Maybe we shouldn't do that. And as a coach, you should be thinking about all possibilities. And I go back to two weeks ago when he said, the thing that I love about Tank Dell is that he thinks he's Nico Collins. That struck fear in my heart. Whenever I heard that, because I heard an offensive play caller, it's like, man, I think I got a guy that I I know is a physical son of son of a gun, and I can use him anyway. He doesn't have limitations because he's five eight, one fifty, with the mindset that he has, and that scared me so much because you have an OC that's not going to protect the player. I, I felt it in my in my plums whenever Bobby Slowick said that he's Nico Collins or thinks he's Nico Collins two weeks ago, and it makes me sick I mean, that he was using him like he's Nico Collins. Well, it's not just look, and I I think we've spent. So much time talking about this play. We talked about two other plays from this last game that we didn't love. We didn't love the, the sneaks from CJ yeah, Stroud. I'm not a big fan of the sneaks. I, I'm right. Like I don't want to see those too. Like I, I think you have to be aware of what you have in front of you. Look at the Philadelphia Eagles. The re, part of the reason why you've got guys like David Carr going on television saying they're better off with Marcus Mariota is because Jalen Hurts is hurt. And like, and the tush push is a bad idea. Players are going to get hurt on QB sneaks. Please don't ever do that. With C.J. Stroud, I think you're right. I think they lack a little bit of foresight of some of the decisions that they're making on offense. You don't don't love it. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN Port Marine. Let them play football, fellas. Cool. Uh, they can play football. Just don't put Tank in the box while he's playing football. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer Bees broadcasting live from Air Team Heating and Cooling, all part of the Depelchin Children's Center Toy Drive. Uh, come on out. Bring some donations. Bring some toys. We would love to have you. When we come back, in fact, we're going to be joined by one of the contact team support members here uh, from Air Team Heating and Cooling. Uh, let you know about everything that they do and what what led to this toy drive as well. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. You know, it's the holiday season. It's one of the reasons we're out here right now. And the perfect gift to give this holiday season for all you sports lovers or kids who love sports, especially basketball, is a goal from Pro Dunk. They make the highest quality basketball goals you will ever find. Tempered glass backboard will give you the true touch off the glass, true fill off a rim, a breakaway rim too. Speaking of that rim, and you need that because you're going to throw down some jams that's right Uh, you can lower it all the way down to five feet raise it all the way up to 10 feet fantastic product Uh, their accessories are next level as well we understand that it gets uh, dark early now after daylight savings we know that you work Uh, you're not like our twitchers you work Uh, your kids go to school so there's less time uh, in the day when it's still bright outside well if you get an led light kit from pro dunk you can play at night it's great Uh, backstop nets too so you don't chase the basketball around pull pad lettering customize your goal and lots 
lots, lots more. Their new goal, too, Thor. I love that name. You can raise and lower your goal with the drill. Yeah, just put the drill into Thor, and you can lower it all the way to 5 feet, raise it all the way to 10 feet, and you can do that within 5 seconds. An idiot proofs it for guys like me. You can order everything, too, including professional installation. Another feature that ProDunk has that idiot proofs it for guys like me. Yeah, the pros at ProDunk professionally install your goal at the perfect height, perfectly straight. You don't do a thing. Let the pros at ProDunk Hoops do all the work for you. Give them a call at 281-351-9822 and visit ProDunk.com. That's ProDunk.com. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. We're your daddy. You was a toilet baby. Tip just popped down like a little old turd. Just right down in a bowl. The Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at Air Team's Holiday Drive, are being filled with holiday charity, sports greatness, and these two killer bees, Jeremy Branham and Joe George. Yeah, Joe George, Killer B. We are broadcasting live at Air Team Heating and Cooling. It is the holiday drive benefiting the Pelchin Children's Center. Being joined now by Robert Aguirre, contact team support member here at Air Team Heating and Cooling. First thing i got to ask you, the, the holiday drive, doing this for the children, uh, very awesome. Thank you for having us out here. This is admirable, obviously. Why is this important to, to Air Team Heating and Cooling? Yeah, so um, fun fact is uh, we typically um – deal with the fire station uh, generally for over a decade we've um, dropped off uh, necessities to the fire station this year we kind of wanted to mainly focus on our, our community the youth mm-hmm. um, of course you know the youth being the biggest thing for the next generation we want to make sure hey we start them off on a good path you know some people aren't fortunate so you know what we said um, you know shout out to Forrest uh, he um him and uh, Don, who are uh, spearheaded this whole project together, um, they wanted to, uh, uh, you know, go towards the youth community, you know, give them something to look forward to, you know, because not every, not every season, you know, they have that opportunity. So we wanted to, uh, you know, get our hands in that. Yeah, I, I was. Did you guys know that those uh, the two big boxes they just took away from right next to us were coming today? Uh, Someone showed up with this huge <laughs> truck. We're like, "What is going on?" And all of a sudden, they drop them out. We got forklifts driving by. These big boxes of toys. Like, do you guys know that one was coming too? No, we did not. That's no, awesome. But it's great that it came. It was a great surprise. You know, um, of course, we wanted you know whatever we can get. And at the end of the day, as well. And so, but having those big uh, boxes where we have to actually pull with a with a forklift. Come on now, you know, one more can we ask for? Yeah, that's awesome. Robert was telling us before we were on the air, you're a big Astro fan. You like the Espada hiring? You think he's the, the guy to lead the charge for the Astros? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, um, him being under um, Dusty Baker for a few years, you know, I mean, I can only imagine, you know, he obtained some of that knowledge, some of that wisdom. So I'm hoping he can bring that up to the Astros for sure. Tell us a little bit about uh, Air Team. How long have you guys been around? What sets you apart from all the other HVAC companies that are out there? There's a ton. You guys are the best. Why are you all the best? Uh, I want to say we're the best. We've been in this industry now for over 35 years. Wow. We're located here in Houston, so we're local, one. And then on top of that, we're probably one of the largest family-owned HVAC companies. We're already third generation at this point. So it's like, you know, come on. You know, what else can uh, – who can beat that? You yeah. know, he's like, we, we enjoy what we do. We love AC. So, um, you know, and on top of that, we take pride in our quality uh, installations and services. Um, so, I mean, yeah. Give us a call, right? That's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, like, you know, obviously winter season's coming up. Like, things are a little bit different. So, you know, what should people know? Like, what should be people prepared for as we get to winter season? Yeah. So it, it, uh, the, it being colder now, uh, one, one of the many things we're always going to push is, hey, get a PMA or get a checkup. 
uh, you know, that'll let you know, hey, where the conditions of your, uh, you know, your heating uh, operations are at. Um, another thing is, you know, um, replace your filters like it's the summer. You know, it's been six months, maybe even longer than that since you replaced your filters. That's going to help the efficiency of your airflow. Um, and so that's going to help more hot air to get through a lot better and a lot faster. And then, you know, the other thing is if you have a two-story uh, or you have two, two systems, uh, typically, specifically, only for the winter, um, you want uh, your upstairs thermostat or your upstairs system two degrees lower than your downstairs. The reason being, naturally, heat rises. So if you're if if the heat rises and you already have the temperature a lot hotter upstairs, it's only going to get hotter. You're gonna be cooking. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be melting in the sauna at that point. See, I'm in a weird spot, Robert, because we we, uh, we have a baby, Branham baby. He yeah. sleeps upstairs in the crib. We don't want him to be cold. Will we still apply that two degree rule that you just uh, enlightened us about? I would say yes. Especially oh, boy, we're doing it wrong. <laughs> I would say yes, because the reason if you have an efficient system, um, generally the downstairs will heat. And then, with, again, mentioning that the heat, naturally the heat rises, it's going to yeah. be already get, it's just going to go up. And if you're, if you're setting it you, at the same or, or a little higher, you're just going to get hotter. It's just going to get hot. You're going like, to be cooking. Yeah, I don't know if we have an efficient system because you mentioned those filters things. How You said six months? When's the last time you changed yours? Uh, we've been in our house for three years now. I don't, I don't even know where they're at, Robert. I don't know. Uh, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, kind of. <laughs> I'm kidding, kind of. Robert, thanks so much for, uh, for hanging out with us for a little yeah. bit. Uh, we really appreciate having us out for this air team heating and cooling, the holiday drive to, to, uh, to benefiting to Pelchin Children's Center and uh, doing a great job for the kids, doing a great job in the community. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. You got it. Robert Aguirre uh, stopping by with the Killer Bees, a con- uh, comfort team support member here at Air Team Heating and Cooling. We're step aside for a minute. When we come back, I want to hit this one last time. Uh, offensive linemen protecting their quarterback. i got to choose my words carefully here. Should offensive linemen protect their quarterback when they're going face-to-face with a linebacker? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Now with more nougat. You and Lance didn't f- for a year. That's just because he dabbed all the time. The Killer Bees Hive is currently nestled in the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at Air Team's Holiday Drive. And the two drones making the royal jelly are Jeremy Branham and Joe George. One of these days, Spencer will say my name right. He's Joe George. I'm what Jeremy Brenham. It's almost like he's saying Brenham. Brenham? Yeah, it's Branham. Jim Ross did a terrible Jeremy Brenham yesterday. He called you he, Branham. It's better than Brenham. Fair. Spencer butchers my name more than he scored touchdowns in his NFL career. Uh, Killer Bees broadcasting live from Air Team Heating and Cooling, all part of the holiday drive to, uh, benefiting to Pelchin's Children's Center. Thanks to all of you who have uh, donated. Make some, uh, make some children happy. Uh, it's really uh, probably doing more for you than you are these children whenever you do that. So we admire and thank all of those that did that. Uh, 3667, uh, here we are, folks. It's day 247 of beating these, this Tank Dell horse. Well, yesterday was the first time that a Texan coach addressed it. So there is that. Uh, it probably will be the last time we talk about it, uh, although I'm sure I'll make very passive-aggressive well, jabs. At it. No, I hope it's the last time. It's because if it's not the last time, then what it means is that the Houston Texans offense is not good. And that C.J. Stroud and this offense struggle the rest of the season. And if they miss the playoffs, we're going to look back at this moment. Yeah, good and point. we are going to talk about the Tank Dell injury because it's going to matter. Now, it shouldn't matter because Noah Brown has had two games over 150. Nico's gone 200 almost last week. Brevin Jordan's good. Like You have talent. You have you've moved the ball well all season, even if you know Tank Dell is not always involved in the offense. But like 
this is a big story. This is I know he's a rookie, but Tank Dell is one of the most important players on the offense. And they lost him because of the way they chose to use him. Yeah, and my thing is just it's injury mitigation. And it happens with almost every single position. You do it, obviously, quarterback because they don't run it a ton. Now, maybe a little bit more sneaks than we would like. We see it the running back position. You split carries more than ever. Like how many times you see a running back carry at 40 times a game now versus when you, it was 20 years ago. Uh, same thing with the touches. Receivers are like, how often do you see receivers avoid contact now? Like back in the day, like the first couple of receivers that would catch the ball and dive at the feet of defenders before they got hit. They were called soft. They were called soft. And like now it's like the thing to do because it's injury mitigation. Injury mitigation exists in sports. Uh, and it absolutely should exist in football. And it absolutely should exist with one one of your very, very best playmakers. I digress. 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. i got to be careful how I phrase this. Um, the question that I want to ask, I'm going to play a couple of sound bites from D'Amico Ryans. I can say his name. CJ Stroud, I can say his name. But the question I'm going to ask, and I want you to text in, Joe, you think about this, 713-780-3776. If a quarterback gets into it with a linebacker, should the offensive line come to his defense? And then the most recent example we have was Sunday's game when 80% of the offensive line came to C.J. Stroud's defense. Here was the head coach of the Houston Texans, D'Amico Ryans, on Coffee with the Coach, which is on the Texans' YouTube channel. It's on the Houston Texans' website. Here was D'Amico Ryans on that spat. He said he loved the C.J. Stroud spat. Right, you got a linebacker who's trying to, you know, mess with our quarterback. And yeah. this guy had been barking the whole game, yeah. right? And to see CJ just stand up like, hey, this is our house. You're not going to push us around. Like, I was, I loved that moment, yeah. right? That was my moment of the game yeah. to see him stand up and then to see Shaq and George come and have his back. But anytime you can do that and you get a free 15 yards, yeah. we'll take it every single time. Yeah. All right, so there you go. Head coach of the Houston Texans, D'Amico Ryans, loved the offensive lineman who came to the defense of C.J. Stroud. Let's listen to the subject of the entire spat. C.J. Stroud in the face with a Denver Bronco linebacker. Stroud even was appreciative of the offensive lineman. Coolest thing for me was seeing my brothers having my back. You know, my old lineman, they ran down. They was not playing by me, and I appreciate that a lot because just like they were – uh, there for me, I'm always there for them, and I try to be as best as possible. So, so there you go, D'Amico. To see CJ stand up like, hey, this is our house. You're not going to push us around. I love that moment. That was my moment of the game to see him stand up and then to see Shaq and George come have his back. CJ Stroud, the coolest thing for me was seeing my brothers having my back. My offensive line, they ran down. They weren't playing on me, and I appreciate them a lot for that. Should an offensive lineman – Come to the defense of his quarterback when a linebacker is in his face. Yes. 713-780-3776. It's a tough question to answer, but the answer is uh, yes. Is it tough? Is it a tough question to answer? Oh, being sarcastic. We had a, I mean, if you look at the, the one play that we're talking about specifically, and we look, it's a small sample size, I get that. The one play that we're referring to specifically, the subject of the spat, C.J. Stroud, uh, thanked his offensive lineman. The head coach of the quarterback, that's the subject of this spat, Mm -hmm. thanked the offensive lineman, called it his moment of the game, and he loved to see it. 80% of the offensive line came to the defense of the quarterback. It's an easy answer. why Why is this not an easy answer? I can't wait to see the next time this happens. I know. I bet you 15 yard penalty, maybe ejection from Laramie Tunsil. I think he, like, goes the full other direction now. Because uh, I, I get these guys. I mean, besides the fact that 
they literally acknowledge your tweet. Like, they know. They know that this That's conversation is being out there. Like, they're aware that, you know, the reason why you, when you tweeted the video, it was a quote tweet of the video. I think people, like, lose that. I think you're just trolling people. Like, right. like Larry and Stafford and others, like, are in your mention saying, like, what is Larry Tunsil doing? Now, I think what's happening there is he is arguing with the ref about his false start. But then you see uh, Juice Scruggs running real, not, real not, not only do you see Juice, I, I'm, the left tackle of the Texans, you see Juice and the left tackle of the Texans look back at the exact same time. Yeah. Juice and the left tackle of the Texans are separated by about five yards. Well, five might be extreme. Maybe it's like two to three yards. Yeah. But Juice is further away by a few yards than the left tackle for the Texans, yet they and they look at the same time. Yeah. One of them ran to the defense of C.J. Stroud. The left tackle of the Texans did not. Yeah, I, I think it's – I would doubt this ever happens again. Because don't you think that this is a conversation you would have in the locker room as well? And the reason why I, I think – I don't know. I think you would because, you know, what if this happened last night? You know, like uh, before last night's game, Najee Harris was asked about Mitch Trubisky's leadership style. He goes, well, uh, it's uh, – it's vocal, I guess, which is like not like a redeeming like thing. It's so like vocal. <laughs> like Trubisky gets taken out last night by Patriots linebacker, and the the Patriots and the Steelers' offensive line doesn't go protect him. Like you don't think Mike Tomlin's having words with his guys because in most situations, if this happens, it means you've lost something. Like you've lost locking. Now we know in this situation that's absolutely not the case, and Laramie just didn't participate. Like there is no part of this of like he doesn't love CJ. He's been pumping up CJ since before right. he's officially named starting quarterback. Like there's no like inner weird stuff going on like you would normally see, but like it's still weird. That's where I'm at. Like I, I don't think any of that thing between I don't think the left tackle of the Houston Texans dislikes his quarterback. Yeah. I think the left tackle of the Houston Texans would have the defense of his quarterback. I think it's weird in that one single play for whatever reason that he doesn't. Like, it, it just stood out to me. It was odd. 80% of the offensive line goes to the defense. The The quarterback says he appreciates and loves the defense. The head coach says he loves the defense. And it's football 101. Like, I've always heard and I've always been taught and I've worked with linemen in my radio career that say offensive linemen have the defense of their quarterback and when offensive linemen don't have the defense of their quarterback that there's something that's kind of underlying. I don't think there's anything underlying here. I want to be very clear on that. I don't think there's anything underlying with the left tackle of the Houston Texans and his quarterback. It just kind of stood out to me. Uh, 3667, you seem to be the only person that had a problem with it. Uh, he, I think he's talking about CJ here, didn't seem to care. He sounded happy with the support he got. Yes, he does. He's happy with the support he got, and there is one player who didn't give the support. So if you're happy to support, if you're happy for the people that supported you, what does that say to the one that doesn't? Uh, 0443 says, yes, offensive linemen come to the support of their quarterback. 713-780-ESPN. What do you think? 713-780-3776. I'm not, I won't even go as far to say that it was like Bush League. I, I think maybe he was distracted by the false start because it was a questionable false start. I didn't think it was a false start. Uh, so maybe that's why. Maybe he was distracted. But it was weird. Just an observation. I am very eager to see when this happens again because I think the left tackle of the Texans might be the first one you know what's so running funny, to though? his defense. It's like I just feel like we're we are destined on this show for this conversation to flip we are destined for a fight to happen or a 15-yard penalty from <laughs> like, Tunsil that takes that talk takes them out of yeah, field goal position they lose by three like we are we are asking for the exact opposite of what has happened with this play to now hurt the Texans <laughs> and flip this conversation and put our brains in a blender yeah, that would be bad no well I mean I'm not asking him to go like 
like ear hole a guy. Like you have to be smart the way you do it. Do it the way Juice did. Yeah. Do it. Do it how Juice did. Just go show that you care. Unless someone puts their hands like actually on CJ, then go ear hole someone and take yeah. the penalty. Nine two four three. I think it was a long way down the field. It was somewhere between ten and twelve yards. He, he said, might have been tired. He said, "I think it was, he goes. I think it was a long way down the field and didn't feel like running and didn't think about the optics." Okay, let, I, I, I'll hear you out on that. I, I'm not saying that you're wrong at all, but let's just talk it through. It was 10 to 12 yards away. It's a long run. And Juice was further away than the left tackle of the Houston Texans. Juice is younger. Juice is younger. He's only his first start he of the, have of the, the season. He's fresh. You know, Larry has been grinding all season. <laughs> like, Juice is just, he's fresh and ready to go. Okay, I don't. I don't. I'm not going to say it was Bush League. I'll just go ahead and say that. I do think that a former Houston Texan was Bush League this week, though. Do you? I, I do. Here, here. This uh, David Carr the other day was uh, he? He had a quote. I think it was a little bit out of context. I watched the whole clip. I think it's a little. I mean, yes, he says it, but you know, there's kind of a reason why he's saying it. He said Marcus Mariota would be better and more productive right now for the Eagles than Jalen Hurts. Now he's saying because Jalen Hurts is hurt, yes. and he thinks that Jalen Hurts shouldn't be playing right now because he's hurt, and he thinks for the Eagles to win it all, they need to make sure that Jalen Hurts is 100 hmm. percent whenever the playoffs roll around. Look how they just got hammered by San. Francisco. So I think that there is some like truth to what David Carr is saying. Now, if you nitpick, if you just pull like that one sentence out of the context of his entire take, yeah. when you say Marcus Mariota would be better and more productive right now for the Eagles than Jalen Hurts, that looks really, really stupid, and no one really believes that. But David Carr's like all-encompassing, holistic point was they need Jalen Hurts to be healthy because if Jalen Hurts is not healthy, it, it lowers their ceiling. The chances of them winning it all is almost it decreases a ton and it almost eliminates it altogether. So I think that it was kind of taken out of context a bit. The Bush League part of this is former Houston Texans fullback Vontae Leach, he quote-tweeted this and said, Hey, Carr, you're the quarterback who did not know plays when I played for the at-Houston Texans. Short memory, huh? Three exclamation points. Yes, I do think this is Bush League for a couple of reasons. One, just because you disagree with a person's opinion doesn't mean that you should bring up past personal stuff that has nothing to do with the conversation. Secondly, there's locker room code. Like, locker room code means that you don't throw your brothers, and I understand that they're all retired, and this is a long, long time ago. Yeah. I don't think that you should ever throw the players that you shared a locker room with, even if you can't stand them. You should never throw those guys under the bus 10 years later. I would never throw you under the bus. I would never throw Blankers under the bus. I've had many reasons to throw Mitchell under the bus. I would never throw Mitchell under the bus. I, would Vontae Lich? Well, I don't know if he would or not. I'd like to think that he wouldn't. No, to, just to Mitchell. Oh, to Mitchell. Yeah, he probably yeah. would. But Vontae Leach to me, because you disagree, and look, it's a bad opinion. It looks really bad when you read the sentence. Just because you disagree with somebody, I don't think that that trumps the locker room code of throwing that guy under the bus decades later. Okay, so like normally I hear you. Like I think uh, Ted Johnson with uh, Vince Warfork's wife was probably out of line when he <laughs> called her ugly. Uh, even though it was before my time, I've listened to that audio so much because it's one of the most incredible pieces of things I've ever heard. Um, but you know what? If you're not well-liked, I think that, that code kind of goes away. And like, I think you have to be a good teammate for that code to be there. And I don't think Ugh. David – and ever, look, I was not here in Houston. Like, everyone knows that I've been in Houston for 10 years now almost. Like, we're, we're right on the cusp of that for me. So like, I wasn't here for the David Carr era. But he doesn't seem well-liked. Like, I mean, we're literally... No, like, I don't think he is well liked. I mean, like, we're literally, like, on this day tweeting from Dove Kleiman that today's the anniversary of the Houston Texans 
and David Carr completing three passes for 47 yards, but somehow beating the Pittsburgh Steelers by 18 points. Like, it is, I just don't think he's well-liked. So I think this one I'm okay with, uh, Jeremy. Yeah, to me it's not about likability. Like, it's it's one of those things where you don't talk about the people in that locker room that were with you, even if you don't like that guy. I, I, don't, like, uh, I don't like going against the locker room code. Like, I feel like you should have some loyalty. And it's also the secondary point. Why did Vontae Leach say that? He said it because he didn't like his take. He didn't like his opinion. So because he didn't like a silly take and a silly opinion, yeah, he's going to absolutely throw him under the bus. That like is it, weird. It, it, like, it does not warrant that. Like, if, if David Carr said something about Vontae Leach's mother or wife, like, that's a little bit different. David Carr said he needed Jalen Hurts to get healthy so the Eagles would have the best chance to win the Super Bowl, and Vontae Leach is just absolutely dunking on him and burying him. Yeah, it's not like David Carr, like, betrayed the code and is out there on TV saying – something like blasphemous about Andre Johnson's Hall, Hall of Fame chances. Like, he's not going after a former Texans player. It is a weird reaction, but I think it's like it is super clear in that moment. He's not well-liked. No, he's not. At 3772, political enemies will sometimes attack the character of their opponent instead of what their opponent is saying. Isn't this like that? Um, okay, should, I couple text, of, should I text Vontae right now? You have his number? Yeah, let's get him on to talk about this. Here's Let me respond to this text, though, real quick. One, Sorry. I don't do with politics. Like I, I think politics are silly because of like what he's talking about. Like You see assassinations of other people's character as a way to get you a couple of extra votes. Like I find politics to be corrupt. Zero, like I have zero desire to pay attention to it because, yes, the guy on the left is going to bury the guy on the right. The guy on the right is going to bury the guy on the left. And what do we all want? Good leadership. And that does not prove good leadership on either side of the aisle. So I'm not a big political guy. I think po- politics are, are for other people. They're not for me. I don't like them. Uh, and then to say, isn't this like that? No, it's not anything like p- p- politicians that are burying each other. This is one guy with a sports opinion. Yes, it was a bad sports opinion. And then a former teammate who he shared a locker room with dunking on him and saying, that you you didn't remember the plays because you didn't like your opinion. Yeah, because if Vontae Leach worked for ESPN, you can make that argument, but there's nothing that benefits whoever (laughs) Vontae Leach, whatever he's doing in his life, Nothing benefits him from dunking on David Carr like this. It's so weird to me. No, it was. I think it's it's so weird. There's clearly some animosity between people and uh, David Carr, though. No, yeah, David Carr's not like he was. I mean, I'm gonna dunk on him for a second. He was the last one to show up. He was the first one to leave. I don't think he put in the work. I mean, I forgot about this. I had a dude in my DMs the other day that's a former Houston Texan that was like, he was a practice squad guy. He he flat out in my DMs said that he felt that David Carr was point shaving. Now, I just think he sucked. It yeah. was really, really bad and didn't know when to get rid of a football. I don't think he was point shaving. But I had a former Houston Texan practice squad player during that era. I'm sure he was teammates with Vontae Leach. I'm sure that I mean, he was teammates with David Carr. I looked at his pro football reference. Never played in the game. But he was on the practice squad. He slid into my DMs and said that David Carr was point shaving, which I do not believe. I told that guy if he gives me a second source, I, I would go on the record with it. But here I am going on the record with well, it. No, Sometimes you, I don't know when to bite my tongue. No, no, you're fine <laughs> because you haven't named that player's name. Uh, I will say, though, I think the take sucks. Mainly because, like, I think it's very clear that David Carr. No, that David Carr doesn't watch football because a hurt Jalen Hurts is better than Marcus Mariota. Yeah, see, I don't think that was the point, though. Like that, if you take that sentence, you're absolutely right. It's a terrible take. It's a stupid opinion because yes, Jalen Hurts is better than Marcus Mariota. I think he kind of got away from his main point. Yeah, I think his main point when you watch the video, his main point. I don't think there's any question is that he feels that Jalen Hurts has to be healthy for the Eagles to win a Super Bowl. Sure, and I I agree with that. No, I do agree agree with that. But you're, yes, you're right. He, Jalen Hurts is a better option than Marcus Mariota to win a football game today. So you don't think Marcus Mariota could be the next Nick Foles is what you're saying? No. To uh, replace an MVP quarterback. And Did then... you watch the quarterback? 
I felt bad about Mariota. Yeah, I did. I felt I bad about Mariota it. whenever I watched quarterback. Because remember, he got a raw deal. Like, I mean, him getting benched, whatever. But remember, he like left the facilities, and yeah. like they blamed him for being a bad teammate when really he just needed to fix his knee and have surgery. Yeah, it was like weird. that was that was bad that he got kind of ra- like dragged over the coals for that. All right, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRMP listener line seven one three seven eight zero. Three seven seven six. When we return, uh, Brian McTaggart says the Astros are hesitant to go a third year on Jordan Hicks. Would you be hesitant to go a third year on Jordan Hicks? Should the Astros give him that third year? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. ESPN ninety seven five and ninety two five. Because every day is Children's Day. Oh, hello there, children. 